Well, happy birthday to Dolly Parton, who is 78 today. I put together a little capsule of her amazing career from the introduction of the Porter Wagner Show to this year's release of Rockstar. Here's a little gal that I know you're going to really learn to love. She ain't no dumb blonde, though. Pretty Miss Dolly Parton. Just because I'm You are now and forever a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame. It is my pleasure to induct you into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What a career! What a firecracker. Most recently, she performed that song there in uh, November, was at the halftime show of the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving Day uh, game. And she was dressed as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Looked phenomenal for 78. She's 78 today. Happy birthday, Dolly. She even jokes that uh, she's got a lot of years left. But if, if it's her time, she hopes to go out in a rather unique way on stage. Well, Dolly is Dolly. I said that... I'm a workhorse that looks like a show horse. I always make a joke and say that I hope to die on stage in the middle of a song, hopefully one I've written. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one way to go out for Dolly Parton. She's the best. I love her. Hey, the Oilers. Yes, I'm a huge fan, but obviously you've got to agree. Come on. They are incredible right now. I know, I'm annoying a little with the Oilers sometimes. They came from behind, though, down 2 nothing to beat the Kraken last night, 4-2. They've now won 12 in a row. And uh, they're five games shy of tying a record that Pittsburgh had in the 92-93 run. And next up for the Oil, the Battle of Alberta, tomorrow night at home against Calgary. Now, Calgary lost 4-3 to the Leafs last night. At one point, it looked like they tied the game 4-4, but the, the goal was called back. But Austin Matthews, if you're a Leaf fan, you've got to be pleased with him. That's his fourth hat trick. He had a hat trick last night, the fourth one of the season. And he's leading the league in goals at 37 now. Man, he is on fire. NFL is back. Four games, divisional playoffs. Tomorrow, the first one, Texas and the Ravens. Followed by the Packers and 49ers. Then, of course, Sunday first up Tampa and Detroit. And then the Chiefs in Buffalo. And the Bills, who are on a six-game winning streak, which started back December 10th when they beat Kansas City, are again asking their fans for support to shovel. Yeah, they're, they're doing it again to clear snow in the stadium before Sunday's game. Uh, where the game's played, they've... Got anywhere between 8 to 10 inches of snow, about 20, 22 centimeters through today and tomorrow falling. They've already said to fans, help. Uh, the temperature at game time will be about minus 10, fall to about minus 18 by the fourth quarter on Sunday night. But the bills are paying again $20 an hour, providing food for any fan who will come help shovel the snow out. Last game against the Steelers in the wild card, right? They only worried about the field. And most of the stands still were packed with snow, and people just made do. And Taylor Swift perhaps has gained a new friend in her suite to watch her man play against Buffalo on Sunday night. She normally can be spotted next to 
the Kelsey brothers' mom, and it sounds like Jason, who will, uh, of course, now probably want to watch his brother since he and the Eagles were booted out last weekend. Yeah, obviously we got uh, our brother still in the playoffs. I'd like to don't get to watch him play very often, so maybe I'll get an opportunity to go watch one of those games this week. So you can be guaranteed Sunday night, all you Taylor Swift haters of the NFL. Uh, you're going to see her a lot because if he's up there too. Joining me now, Kevin Martell from the 980 CJME Newsroom. Uh, Kevin, I wanted to get your take on Madonna. This controversy uh, brewing as uh, she's very uh, tardy when it comes to uh, appearing in concerts. If the show says 8 o'clock start, you can bet it's probably closer to 1030. Oh. It is her thing to go at least two hours plus. See, I didn't know stage. that about her. I yeah, get... very annoying. And a couple people in Brooklyn are suing her because the show is supposed to start at 830. And, of course... Uh, it didn't go until 1045 by the time they got out. Well, after one in the morning, a lot of the local transportation, the subways and that, were already done. And they had to work the oh, next man. day and childcare and all that. So they said, enough is enough. We're taking her to court. When the ticket says what time the show starts, yeah. you would expect to go at that point and to see the show. You know, I think most of us can put up with maybe a delay of, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, but that's too long, and, I, and I'm not exactly sure why she would want to start a show with, let's face it, most people, many people, probably a little irked. I mean, is she trying to build the buzz? If you're there at her show, you're probably already going to be in that that mood, yeah. that excited mood, so I, I, I'm i not sure the reason I don't know it. why, you know, like, uh, if, if you... She's not a, a party animal backstage. Back in the days of Guns N' Roses, they were famous for this too, right? They were, and Reportedly, Slash... they just partied all the time behind the stage as the crowd was waiting, though, right? Slash mentioned that as one of the big reasons why the band eventually broke up in uh, kind of the early 90s, is that Axl Rose, the lead singer, was always late, and it kind of, again, peeved off the rest of the band. Yeah, well, she's peeved off, Madonna has, a lot of fans. Uh, and I would be, too. Uh, I've seen her twice, and both times, yeah, it was well over two hours. The other thing she likes to do is cut the air conditioning uh, because it's about her vocal cords. So you sweat Very just waiting. It's sounds, it's an awful experience. I was going to really say, it sounds, it sounds like an experience, all these steps and all these uh, strategic uh, yeah. innovations. And, and then she, here. you know, she gets artsy with the song sometimes. Suddenly, you know, the song doesn't sound like you heard it on the radio. I hate when artists do that, by the way. I just want to hear the hits, okay? Yeah. You know, that's, that's where you're don't, don't And don't get me started on the encore either. <laughs> yeah, that's another topic another day. Why leave the stage for another 15 minutes? You're just prolonging it. We know you're coming back. Uh, let's see here. Well, the weekend weather is turning around, and uh, yeah. it, it looks like it's going to be a little milder. And it's a long weekend for students here because Monday, another strike is coming. Yeah, extreme cold warning is gone, but uh, just like we had earlier this week, another one-day strike for uh, for teachers, and obviously it'll affect parents. Uh, all of a sudden, they're going to have to improvise. They're going to have to pivot to, to decide yeah. what to do with their kids just for one 
day only. Um, and and I got to tell you, let's be honest, there's a lot of kids that are just, yes! <laughs> well, But but it, then the high school students, maybe not so much. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe a little bit of both for them because, like, we're hearing from some parents that their student, or sorry, their, I guess, kids, students, were set to write an exam on Monday. Yeah, mid-term. So they get out of that. One more day to study, I suppose, or one more day to do other things aside from study. Yeah, there's no school in the Catholic school system on elementary uh, level today. High schoolers are in, uh, public and prairie is in today. And uh, as you alluded there, the, the weather is a little bit better. The school buses are indeed running here this morning. Uh, hey, how about you your Oilers, eh? Oh, man, I yeah. know you just Go talked ahead. about it, but, yeah, uh, hey, you know, I, I razz you a lot about the Oilers, especially at the start of the season when they weren't doing too well. But, hey, got to give you props. 12, 12 straight wins now. Oh, yeah. We're going to the cup here, Kevin. Got to be feeling uh, good at rising up parade. those standings. <laughs> I might be gone for uh, a good month during the playoffs uh, <laughs> into Edmonton. I'll do the show live from there. Uh, what else here we got? I got Lisa Schick coming from Melford here just after the 7 o'clock news. More on that uh, coroner's inquest. Yeah, caps off the first week uh, there, hearing from uh, police officers for a lot of time, uh, a lot of the days so far. But yesterday, kind of a new development where we heard from the spouses of Miles Sanderson and Damian Sanderson, his brother. Uh, so we'll have more on that coming up in just okay. a few minutes. And Kevin, I wish you a good weekend. I know you're traveling. I worry, though, about your mom, Diane, uh, because your tires, you're getting them flipped over, right? You're, you bought some new winter tires. I got new winter tires. Uh, they're, it's in the process. Yes. They're just... So here's everyone I'd like to tell on Kevin for you right now. He's got his mom's car because he his tires were too bald and he has to do some highway traveling. So uh, the tires aren't ready. They're not, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I worry about Diane, though, driving your vehicle on those bald tires through intersections this week. Well, it, it won't be Diane. It'll be Mikey. It'll oh. be Mikey driving uh, the vehicle. But they might not have to go anywhere to go. They can, they're retired. They can just uh, sit at home and watch news channels if they want. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm always in Diane's corner. You know that. Worried about her sometimes. CJME News Time is 6.58. Well, it's true. Severe cold coming to a close this weekend. And next week, El Nino seems to be back in play. I can see a temperature high of minus three one day, minus seven the other. Overnight lows in the minus 15 range. So, yeah, it's going to turn around nicely next week. And this weekend, in fact, it's already going to start to warm up considerably. So uh, perhaps... A little ice fishing out of Buffalo Pond where the perch, apparently uh, you can go anywhere on the lake and likely pull one of those out of there. Tor Hill has got the cross-country ski trail open. Mission Ridge, my uh, youngest, was there last night. Said it was pretty cold, but didn't matter. Her class went for skiing lessons, and they just had a blast. So hope you have a good weekend as the warmer weather, slightly warmer anyhow for the weekend, uh, starts to draw us outside a little easier. Maybe some of you are going to finally get your vehicle started. After it's been frozen for a considerable uh, length of time since last weekend. I want to go to Malford now, where, of course, this week we've been sharing details of the James Smith mass stabbing inquest. And it's an inquest into the 11 deaths and 18 injured. And senior reporter Lisa Schick is in Malford, joins me now. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Well, yesterday in court, uh, the spouses of the of 
the killer Miles and his brother Damien testified. And uh, what sort of insight there, Lisa, did you get from the relationship uh, with the brothers? You know, we we heard a lot about um, abuse, particularly from Vanessa Burns, the kind of abuse that she uh, endured at the hands of Miles Sanderson. I She talked about, you know, it started quite early in their relationship, just a couple months after they started dating. He was physically abusive. He was uh, emotionally abusive. He was manipulative toward her. She said that that they would kind of fight, and then he would, you know, guilt her. He would make her feel bad if she called police. She said she did call, uh, make complaints to police about a dozen times during their, I think it was, 14-year relationship. And he might go to jail, but... He would, he would make her feel guilty for keeping him away from the kids. He got her to uh, support his bids for parole when he came up for it and write letters to the uh, parole board talking about, like, you know, their plans to uh, get better, stay sober, things like that. He also explained um, a couple days before the actual mass stabbings, and we've heard this before, that that there was a fight between them and Damien had, had to come out and stop it. And then she got away and then Damien and Miles kind of went off and, and started drinking and started uh, visiting a few places. Uh, but we heard a few more details about that attack. Some, some actually pretty grim details from her about exactly what went on there the last time she did see Miles. And, and earlier in the week, we heard from several police officers and uh, maybe just a quick summarization of their testimony this week, too. Oh, we heard from, uh, for example, the uh, RCMP staff sergeant who's in command right now. He talked a bit about, you know, their their procedures, how they do things. We heard from the two constables who were actually the very first responders to this situation. And they described what sounded like just chaos they were kept getting called in at first they thought it was just one stabbing then they got more calls about an assault then they started getting more calls as they were driving out to the first nation about more stabbings and they had to make what were pretty tough decisions about where they should be going first how to deal with this do they need to stay at the scenes that they were at and try to save people's lives who'd already been attacked or do they try to get to the front of this and try to stop miles anderson from attacking anyone else. And, and it didn't help they were understaffed, too, I understand, right? Yeah, they, they um, had a few positions that were uh, empty, I guess, at that time. Although um, the commander who had been in charge at that time, he said that he didn't think that it would have made a difference if they were fully staffed, because when things started going out there, They had people from um, other RCMP detachments who came in to help without even being asked. They had people who had been on vacation who came back early to help without being asked. Senior reporter Lisa Schick in uh, Melford. So uh, we we believe this inquest is going to go at least another week, maybe two more. But uh, as it sets to wrap today, what is on the docket today and what might happen next week? Today we're expecting um, things to get, I guess, the best way to put it would be a little bit more dry. Uh, the coroner yesterday had said, you know, he thinks that that's kind of the worst of what we're going to hear, the most graphic of what we're going to hear. Now we start getting into things like um, uh, psychologists. There's a criminal psychologist who may come up today. Next week, we're going to start hearing from pathologists. We're going to start hearing from forensics people who will kind of go into the small details of what they found, how that supports what they think happened.
Okay, Lisa, well, we'll be checking in uh, with you throughout uh, next week as well, too, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Never get tired of that one. Boss Skaggs. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. We're going to get Frank, my producer, on that one. Google that, will you, Frank? Yeah, he's alive. 79 years old. Joining me now, Evan Bray from the Evan Bray Show. <laughs> you've got you've got a wealth of info at your fingertips. Well, Frank, yeah, his name is Frank. He's, he's on your show, too. He makes you sound oh, better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Frank is the mastermind. There's no doubt. So, uh... Again, we, we, we've been talking about how another day off coming up for uh, because of the teacher strike on Monday. You were in Greenall School. Uh, and what were you doing there first? Yeah, I was talking with their grade 12s uh, have a Law 30 class. And yeah. so their teacher, Melissa Marley, had reached out to me and said, would you be willing to come and talk to our law class? And I've done that before back in my former life that you like to point out. <laughs> so I was out there yesterday and I was the, I was the speaker right after lunch. Yeah. So of course the STF had their press conference at one o'clock. So I'm, it's 20 after one, I'm standing there waiting to start the class and uh, the teacher comes in and Melissa says, okay, before we get going, <laughs> there's going to be no school on Monday. Well, it erupted. <laughs> These kids are like, woo the honesty of students, <laughs> you know, when it comes, that's what I said earlier this morning. I said, there's not a kid that isn't excited about this as, as much of a balancing act as it is for parents uh, with childcare. Uh, I think students are happy. Maybe not so much some of the high schoolers who are getting ready for midterms because it's that time of the year here too. But uh, it, you had Premier Scott Moe on yesterday and uh, it, what did you glean from that? Other than that, uh, he's, he's still in the same stances. Yeah. I as mean, education you minister. know, he, he is 100% saying the things the teachers are raising in terms of class complexity and those challenges, he, he is saying 100% those are challenges we need to dig into. The, you know, where it breaks down is how do you dig into them? Where do you dig into them? Then we get into this whole talk about funding and the premier talked about per capita in the province. We fund more than anywhere else in Canada. Well, the phone lines lit up because nowhere in Canada measures education funding per capita. So, you know, people are quick to say that's the wrong measure. The only reason he's using it is because it makes us look good, but it's not, you know. <laughs> so today we're going to continue this discussion and I uh, I look forward to it. There's a lot of educated people in the province when it comes to our education system. Okay. And I might add too that uh, it, it, it really seems too that I still feel a lot of people are on the teacher's side. The momentum seems to be uh, gaining a little more for, for parents. That's just my overall feeling. And out and about talking to other parents, they're frustrated. I think this, they're, you're right. I think there is, there is a lot of support. There's a, there's a, this, this groundswell of people feeling like there's been years of, of, uh, you know, lack of investment in education. And we're starting to see the challenges. Ultimately, what we care about, Greg, is how our children do. Yeah. Right? How do they do in school? Are we setting them up for success in life? And when that starts to taper off, that's when people rebel. 726. Now, quick comment, too, on Saskatchewan taking a tougher stance on harm reduction here. The needle exchange organizations are now required to collect dirty needles in their communities. They can only give out clean needles. And there, there are other changes coming. I won't go into all the, all the details. But a, a lot of people would think, well, okay, immediately your first reaction is, Hmm. Won't this mean it? It turns into a worse situation, you know, because aren't we stopping the spread of disease? Yeah. And would it not be more economical economical to continue to not 
lead to further it's problems in healthcare. It's yeah. a bad move. It's a step backwards. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why this is happening, but this is not the right way to go. Swinging with the uh, stars tomorrow night. Yes, that is for Hope's home. Yeah, it's a, it's a, such a good event. And Love you, it. you judged last year. And Why do you sound so surprised? You are going to judge dancing. You don't know anything Have about. Have you dancing. seen me on a dance floor, Greg? You, you are you, you're like Elaine in Seinfeld doing the herky jerk dancing. <laughs> I'm you're worse. brutal. I'm worse. So actually, what, what were they thinking and well, asking you to be a they judge? They got in me this? there four years ago and. They've asked me back every year since. So you, uh, <laughs> I just can't, that's mind boggling to me. <laughs> well, but, but you got to be there to enjoy it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for all of those who have worked tirelessly behind the scenes only to be judged by you. Oh, they love it. They love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but that's a good Hope's uh, uh, fundraiser, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it is. And Hope's Home does such a, a great job, not just in Regina, Saskatoon, Warman, Prince Albert, uh, expanding for, for children with complex needs in our province. So I'm always happy to support it. It's a great night. Evan for sure. Bray, thank you so much, sir. We'll see you back here at 830.